Form again. I want to announce and thank uh, Dick Senator and Chuck Elliott. This was the uh, debut of our new configuration to be able to have the bells down uh, on your level instead of up here. Uh, some people felt that this uh, kind of cluttered things up, so we are delighted to have those. And thank you, Connie. I think that was an outstanding uh, debut for the uh, bells in that configuration. So I'm Bob Leach, the chairman of the Administrative Council. I'd like to welcome each and every one of you here this morning. Beautiful, crisp fall day. Um, I don't think, is there anybody in here that is worshiping with us for the first time? Okay, all right. Well, I want to uh, welcome everybody here and welcome everybody that will be watching this on our uh, video uh, recorded stream. And I have a few other announcements I'd like to make this morning. Uh, first of all, we're not going to be doing uh, practices this uh, week for choir and bell choir. Um, and next Sunday, I'll be out of town. Um, but then on the 24th, we have the uh, district uh, gathering that our bishop is going to be here for. And that is at Trinity United Methodist Church on Main Street. Uh, it's going to be a uh, delight to have him. As I said, he is kind of a proven combat leader and got our uh, church through the pandemic and then through all of the uh, turmoil that we've faced lately. Um, and so that'll be at 6.30 on the 24th of October, Monday the 24th. And there are some... Uh, Later dates in Springfield. Um, no, excuse me. I'm wrong on that. That's the uh, the last one. So we want to make be sure that you make it to the one on the 24th. Uh, the 25th is a uh, fish fry at Springbank United Methodist Church. We're always glad to support the uh, congregation we're joined at the hip with as we share a pastor. I also have an announcement for the 28th, and that's. Uh, Saturday, not this coming Saturday, but the Saturday after that, uh, the annual harvest gathering at Springbank United Methodist Church at 12 o'clock noon, and this is uh, for the United Women of Faith. That's their harvest luncheon. Everyone's and invited. Everyone's invited, okay. And please see Tammy. It's great to see Tammy here. Um, see Tammy to uh, get onto the sign-up sheets for that. Um, I'd also like to just real quickly read a very small portion of an editorial that was in the Columbus Dispatch today, written by a United Methodist, um, and he talks about uh, his conflict with the Methodist Church has become an act of faith. Remaining in the church for me was never a serious question. On the one hand, there was this difference over a divisive issue. On the other was a wide-ranging mixture of reason and emotion. I grew up, as many of you did, with the habit of tradition that Sunday mornings were for church. Each week, I got to listen to choral and organ music I don't hear anywhere else. I see a group of friends who gather on a moment's notice for family celebrations or tragedies to bring food or just to be there. I get to know that I'm part of a community that regularly helps build Habitat for Humanity houses, 
The children's choir gave my daughter a strong music education from kindergarten through the 12th grade, so I chose to stay because no person or institution is perfect because leaving a more diverse group of thinkers and believers for people who are closer to being exactly like me seems sad and even wrong because it would just contribute to today's tendency to listen to only ourselves. So I just noticed that. Uh, anybody who wants to get today's dispatch can read the entire article. I want to thank Opal for doing a super job lighting our candles this morning before the uh, prelude. Are there any other announcements that anybody would like to make at this time? Okay. Uh, I wanted to announce that we did receive our check from Schmidt Sausage Truck, okay. and we made three hundred and twelve dollars. Okay, outstanding. Uh, we made more than that on other occasions, but that was a uh, always helpful to the uh, church. And plus, a lot of us realize we do it more for the ministry and the chance to uh, to meet uh, people in the neighborhood. Uh, we had a homeless gentleman stop by, which is a number of ways that we do God's work in uh, conjunction with that visit. Another thing about doing God's work, you might remember the last week when I uh, gave the sermon, I gave credit to a uh, person who had put a posting on the internet, and uh, I'd gotten some ideas from that, and very surprisingly, two days later, I received an email sadly, from the gentleman's widow, and she explained to me that he had passed away of cancer in the last year, but that our use of his uh, ideas uh, really made her day and showed that he is continuing to uh, minister uh, even though he has passed away. So I felt like at that point I was a, a vessel and an instrument for our Lord in uh, reaching a, a lonely uh, widow out there who uh, realized her husband's work is still being used. Um, the next uh, thing that we have on our program is a responsive reading, number 829. Normally we just do a hymn for the call to worship. And so right now, I need you to get out the hymnals, because this will not be on the screen, it's just in the hymnals. And I'll explain how it's going to work, and we'll even uh, rehearse it a little bit. So if you go to 829, uh -huh. you, you see, see there's, there's one line of music... Um, and it's a very familiar thing. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. Connie will play that, we'll sing it, and then the bold print is what the congregation will respond to my direction. So Connie, if you would play that line for us so we can hear it, and then we'll sing it together. Thank you. 
done wickedly. Our forebears, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wonderful works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled against the Most High of the Red Sea. God saved them for the sake of his holy name, to make known the mighty powers of God. God rebuked the Red Sea, and it became dry, and led them through the deep as through a desert. So God saved them from the hand of the foe, and delivered them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed God's words. They sang God's praise. concerns for the coming week. Thank you, Bob. Tammy, I want to be sure, did you say everything you needed to say about the sign-up sheet? I believe so. Okay. Thank you. Those of you that wish to Eat with us at Springbank on Saturday at noon. Uh, please let Tammy know because the United, the women, you know, what are they again? United Women of Faith. Uh, they want to know. They want to know if you're going to be there. Uh, I'm not sure why. They always have more than enough food. But come and... Uh, Enjoy. This is our yearly community project that we do for the farmers and things. So it's a thank you to, for the world harvest. Yes, and we do need to be thankful for all that uh, all that farmers do. It's uh, it's remarkable. Uh, I wanted to share with you. Uh, from the heart that Connie and and uh, Sharon and I we work 
together to coordinate all worship. And this particular Sunday's theme revolving around Moses and what's going on with the uh, with Israel. Uh, we worked on this back in August. Does that sound right to you? I'm I'm getting old. How many of you realize that? Raise your hand if you realize I'm getting old. Uh, thank you, thank you. I saw all those hands, and you are, you've been recorded, so now I know who's thinking like that. Uh, I was asked yesterday by a dear friend what I thought of the circumstances of Hamas attacking Israel and I said, prayerfully, it, it really sort of feels like uh, we may be approaching the end of the world. And the lady I was talking to kind of sniffled and shed a tear, and she said, well, that's what I thought, and I wondered if anybody else felt that way. So, let me reassure you that our God has love for each of you and for all of creation. And we need to be a people that recognize that our friends in Israel are very important. The number of deaths is, is overwhelming number-wise. And because of the destruction, I would, I'm just guessing that in a combat situation, uh, I, I would ask Bob from his background, it takes a while to find out exactly how many people have been killed because they're buried. And, and holding people hostage does that frost your cake, so to speak? Well, it, it, it infuriates me. I'll just share that with you from the heart. Um, I know how I felt on 9-11. All of you remember how you felt on 9-11. Our friends in Israel, they're a part of the background of our faith. And the message that I'd planned out for today... I started on in August, not realizing that it would be a review of the incredible calling of God for Moses, his servant, and how each of us are called as prayer warriors and for other sorts of assistance as, as, we, can, as we can offer assistance. Uh, we know that there are a number of American Jewish people that have signed up and are heading for uh, military service in Israel. I'm not sure how that works as an American citizen, but I pray that all goes well. I pray also that this mentality that makes a group like Hamas exist is hatred. 
Some of you are old enough to remember World War II, and I won't ask Don to raise his hand if he remembers World War II. But in World War II, uh, Adolf Hitler and Nazis decided to exterminate through genocide the Jewish people and many others that they just didn't like. Throughout the centuries, certain philosophical groups have decided in the name of their religion to hate other people. Let me make it very clear. We are the people that declare we love others, we pray for others, we feed the hungry, we look after children to the very best of our ability, and and the thought of destroying other people and their homes just because we don't agree with them on religion is very distasteful, and everybody that agrees with me, shout amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you. And I want you to know that I've been praying, and last Sunday I prayed almost all day for what I knew was inevitable. Uh, the people of Israel have a long, long, long memory. There are still Jewish people angry over the Holocaust. They'll probably go to their graves angry. Angry is one thing. Destroying other people is quite another. Let us be in prayer for all of those. And let us be in prayer for each other. Unspoken requests, show of hands. And does anyone have a special concern they want to lift up? At this point, oh, we'll uh, say the name, first name, Jason. Nathan. Jason. Oh, we're pr- we're praying for Jason. You know, I'm I'm pretty far away, and Connie has a soft, soft voice. So we're praying for Jason. And of course, we're praying for Nancy Cydrus. Uh, oh, sorry, I wasn't supposed to say the last name on the TV camera thing. Uh, praying for everybody. Becky? Now, you know to contact me if there's something special that, you, that he might need at any level. You let me know. Anybody else? My stepdaughter, Caroline. Any other prayer concerns? Uh, well, a praise. My granddaughter Caitlin celebrated her 19th birthday yesterday. 
Okay. But my prayer request will be that on the 30th of October, she is leaving for her mission trip. She will be taking her Spanish, finish up her Spanish training in um, Peru, and then she will be assigned to Northern Chile. <coughs> and she works with deaf children. She is a wonderful sign language person, and uh, she really is excited. And that's Caitlin? Well, she'll get to go see Machu Picchu. Yes, possibly. And she will be gone for 18 months. And communication will be very limited once a week. So, yeah, I'm a little nervous about it, but I've been praying and praying. So. Well, we'll be praying for Caitlin and her mission. Anybody else? Joanne. Mark's wife, Shelly. Shelly? We'll be praying for Shelly. And her son Scott. Scott. Okay. We'll pray for Jane. I hope she's okay. Does it? Did anybody need to go check on Jane? Yes. And I thank God. If you prayed for me and my breathing, asthma, coughing problems. Thank you. They've, uh, the doctor switched me around and I'm doing much, much better. So, so watch out for lightning, huh? And we are working on Advent. So if you have a desire to be one of those families that reads the liturgy and lights candles, through Advent, be sure and let Connie know because I've I've given her job as Advent coordinator, and she didn't even know I was going to. But I figured since you were so anxious to help out, thank you. Oh, I'm always in trouble anyway, Connie. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes. Pastor. Yes. I would like to ask prayer for safe travels. Um, my family, this is the first time that my brother and his wife, my sister and her husband, and then two dear friends, are we're all going to travel to Pigeon Forge, leaving today, right after church. And uh, we're attending the Celebrators, if you've ever heard of it. Uh, it's the Phil Waldron Ministries, and Dr. Jeremiah will be the speaker for the four days that we're there. And like I said, it's the first time for it to be a family thing. And so I'll just pray for unity, for blessings from the words that we hear, and the scriptures that are presented to us, and just... Um, Safety, getting there and getting home. Let us unite our hearts, and I'll pray for the offering, and then the ushers will uh, come forward to pick up the offering. Are you an, uh, ushers today? Okay, and then there's uh, at the end of at the end of the offering. Do we do the passing of the joy? To each other. Okay.
Heavenly Father, you've heard our, the cries of our hearts. We cry out for all of those families in stress in Israel. And Lord, look after all of those that are involved in that war and its escalation. And Lord, let us all be a part of the whatever humanitarian aid that is necessary. Let us be a part of that. And look after all of these we've lifted up that have travel, that need travel mercies and concerns for health and joys over all of these ones that are moving forward in ministry work throughout the world. Be with us all. Bless and anoint this offering that it's every penny, every dollar be used for your kingdom here and now and throughout this neighborhood and the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask, and all God's people said together, Amen.
you to the bell choir. So our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Psalms. I learned back in Sunday school, if you pick up a Bible and open it to what seems like the middle, there's a good chance that you'll be in the book of Psalms. So our reading today is on page 667, Psalm chapter 106, verses 19 to 23. And I'm fortunate to have the uh, youngsters head off to uh, junior church. Thank you, Tammy and Kathy. So, Psalms chapter 106, verse 19. Thank you, Connie, for uh, placing up after me since I ran off and left my bells uncovered. They made a gold bull at Sinai and worshipped that idol. They exchanged the glory of God for the image of an animal that eats grass. They forgot the God who had saved them by his mighty acts in Egypt. What wonderful things he did there. What amazing things at the Red Sea. When God said that he would destroy his people, his chosen servant, Moses, stood up against God and kept his anger from destroying them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Oh, I was going to say, thanks for the reminder. I, I want some orange slices, gummy bears, and uh, so. And Joanne will be very happy to give you one of those papers right there. Oh, okay. So this one's yours, Bob? Thank you. Take that one. I'll give another one. Moses and the children of Israel. Oh my goodness, what can we say? You have, you have a leader like Moses that is born in a nation where for 400 or so years, his ancestors as the children of Israel, whether you want to call them the Hebrews or later they become the Jewish people, doesn't make a whole lot of difference to you and me. It might make a difference to a modern Jewish person that was here or that we were talking with. Moses was destined to uh, to not survive. So his mother puts him in a basket and cast him upon the Nile River so that whatever happened, the midwives that worked for the Hebrews wouldn't have had that particular burden put upon them. So God 
God is present. God is a part of everything that's going on. And God works through the entire creation. The sister of Pharaoh at the river says, bring me that basket. And of course, the basket has the child Moses. And she takes Moses for her own child. She adopts him. Now, the interesting thing that's not heavily recorded in Scripture would be as a child raised in Pharaoh's court, he was a prince of Egypt at that time. Now, you're probably thinking, well, a prince of Egypt, what does what that means is that every skill was passed on through scribes and teachers and through the warrior class of the Egyptian courtyard, the their ruling body. Moses would have been raised as a warrior. He would have been taught to read and write, which would have been fairly rare in that neighborhood. He would have been an athlete. He would have had time. He would have had the diet necessary to become an athlete. And I've shared this my entire ministry career that I'm, I can only speculate and guess that when I get to heaven and meet Moses, uh, he's going to look just like Charleston Heston. <laughs> yeah, I really do think that. Yeah, yeah. You see, Moses, until he had that falling out with the Egyptian... Uh, royal family. We know Moses had a scuffle of some sort with an overseer who was working the Hebrew slaves. And however this took place, I've given you the impression that Moses, thousands of years ago, would have been a healthy, warrior-trained Egyptian prince, why, he could have taken a staff that's six foot long and he could probably poke it right through a person. There is one account where uh, during a battle a, a warrior does that, uses the end of his spear to kill someone. Anyway, Moses kills this fellow and whether it was accidental or other. It, it doesn't matter. He fell in disfavor. Moses left the court of the royals in Egypt, went to Midian, met Jethro, fell in love, has a family, loves taking care of the sheep. He's called into ministry by a burning bush that doesn't, that's not consumed by the sparkle of fire. And he's told to go rescue 
the children of Israel? And he does. Now, after he rescues them, of course, I'm, I'm really condensing this down into where Moses stands in the breach. The children of Israel have crossed the Red Sea. They've been chased by Pharaoh's army. Pharaoh's army has been drowned in the Red Sea. There's a lot of war here in these stories. And even to this day, we know that groups are out to seek harm upon the children of Israel. Does it concern me? Yes. It is a matter of prayer. It should be a part of all your prayer lives. Jesus was also born in poverty. He was born to a Jewish carpenter and a youngster named Mary. She was called of God. You see, listening for the call of God is also an important aspect of dealing with how do we love each other, how do we demonstrate concern for each other, and how do we continue forward into the future as a viable congregation that loves Jesus Christ, that loves our neighbors as ourselves, that understands the Ten Commandments. Moses went up the mountain... And he was gone for 40 days and 40 nights. Joshua, his generals nearby. And Aaron, who's left behind in chapter 32 of Exodus. So I've moved you from the beginning of Exodus right up to chapter 32. The children of Israel ask Aaron, who is a leader, Anybody remember Aaron's relationship to Moses? Younger brother. Who said that? Younger brother. That's right. Aaron takes the gold that they looted from the Egyptians, melts it down. Of course, Aaron in one part of chapter 32 says, well, the people gave me the gold and I put it in the fire and out came this calf. Well, he, Aaron was also trained as a goldsmith, it's quite obvious, because they made a golden calf. They had a big party and because they had the golden calf, this was not a standard Hebrew party. This was a pagan heathen kind of party, or at least that's the way it's described in the Bible. So Moses comes down, sees what's going on, and he's already asked God, he stood in the breach, he said, please don't destroy the Hebrews. They're your children. Remember, remember Abraham, Jacob, and Israel. And God says, I'll change my mind. Moses comes down. He sees what's going on. He throws the Ten Commandment tablets down. No, 
What's important about the Ten Commandments? Every aspect of the Ten Commandments is about loving God and loving your neighbor. The first four of the commandments are about your relationship with God. You're not going to make idols. You're not going to take the Lord's name in vain. You're going to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Love of God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. But now, you do have commandment number five. Love your parents and your days on the land that the Lord gives you will be long. So it comes with a promise. That's commandment number five. The other five, don't murder. Don't bear false witness. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. And don't be jealous of what your neighbors have. So that's the Ten Commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your might, and your strength. Love your neighbors as yourself. Because if you love your neighbors, you're surely not going to murder them. Somebody shout amen. I mean, we're not, we're not supposed to murder people. We're not supposed to tell lies. We're not supposed to be jealous of our neighbors, no matter what they have. And adultery, the self-explanatory, it's betrayal. We're not supposed to betray our families. That's God's purpose for all of us, the family. That's what a don't commit adultery is all about. You see, Moses was trained to be a warrior, a military person. Moses could read and write. Moses carried a staff, which he could have used as a weapon. And he asked God not to pour out his wrath on the children of Israel. Although the rest of the chapter and on into chapter 33 the children of Israel are extremely stiff-necked. And some of them die. And then they wander in the wilderness for how long? Forty days or forty years? Years. See, Bob was trying to trick me. Almost, Bob. I'm going, well, if Bob says it's forty days, maybe I'm not remembering this right. Thank you, Bob, for keeping me on my toes. Moses is called. All of you are called. Are you called to do the same thing Moses does? I don't know. Moses stood in the breach and asked God not to pour out his wrath. We live in a world where the wrath of the Israeli army is just about ready to move into the Gaza Strip. We, knew, we remember 9-11 and 
one of my prayers was this. How could those people that stole those airplanes and flew them into buildings, how could they curse their grandchildren with that kind of bad behavior? How could they do that? One word. What they did was evil. To launch rockets into some young Israeli people that are at a music concert and kill hundreds of them. Folks, that's evil. We also need to recognize and reaffirm in our own hearts that all slavery is, is, is wrong. You cannot justify any slavery of any other people for any reason. You see, we know that we live in a world that only a hundred and the Civil War ended a hundred and forty years ago or fifty. Huh? 160 years ago, our nation was divided and had a war and people died. Countless people died. Some starved. Some died of disease because they didn't have proper food. All around us, we know about, hear about, have read about, and studied war and its effects. So we need to be the people that pray. Lord, help us to be instruments of peace. Help us to be the ones that share lovingly. There's going to be a lot of people that are displaced that need humanitarian care. No matter what their religious background is, they're still babies that need blankets and food and clean water. There's still people that are injured and need Medical care? You know, Jesus told the story about the Good Samaritan. There was a guy injured, and he was he was taken care of by a Samaritan. The significance is Samaritans were considered infidels by the Jewish people in that day. The significance for us today is that we stand and offer aid to those that are sick, hurting, troubled. We are the ones that pray to God to make a difference for the transformation of the world. Not because of what Pastor Jim says, but because of what Jesus teaches and what the entire Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us to be compassionate. And all God's people said together, Amen. Amen. Our closing hymn today is 139, Praise the Lord the Almighty. And let's all stand as able to join in this hymn.
of Jesus. Amen. Amen.